Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. This is Michael Anthony Ingram. I'd like you to help me welcome our special guest tonight, Frog Corps. Frog Corps, are you with me? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Welcome to, the, welcome to the program. I'll turn it over to you at this point. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My first poem for you will be called On a Field of Frosted Ground. And it goes a little something like this. The sun no longer sets, it bleeds into the days, an endless night tarnished and weathered, a wielding field of names. Sorrow shakes a familiar hand, greeting where loss was founded, crescent shapes over footsteps felled, thoughts revolve rounded, empty and depleted chances gone under broken bones and pastures, echoes fade in limited breath exhaling to the caskets, desperation. In the whites of our eyes, recollection, a signal of a pulse, withering ambition, the burning of our wants, memories grounded, nothing to be proud of, fall into, fixing eyes to dust, looking back into the years of what once was. My next poem that I'll be delivering for you will be called Yellowstone. Wash the cinders on barren shoulders. The presence of water reflected my home in her peeling skin, grayed out in ash. Fires grow thick through its cracks. She comes undone with muddied hair. By the river, I felt her presence there, burning the night as Avalon. Liquid touched her breasts and rippled at her arms. Ifrit's rage. Meteors clash against the forest smoldered thrice over melancholy grasses singed then her flakes greeted the wind up and over the canopies dissipating with every glimpse two from the star she came landed from the void stricken down by boulders crashing into earth and as she saw there clutching slowly as she shivered a burning house like her home the one that she remembered And as the next one goes, so too shall I, waiting for Halloween. At night I write till the morning comes, waiting for autumn, hoping summer's done, regretting winter, hating spring, dreaming fall is my everything. Light the candles and lantern frowns, your loving face I am carving now, raise a toast, Welcome ghost, open doors to floating orbs, let them in as a chill of wind, greeting past as a friend, see the face I left in flame, dreaming you, how faint your name, yell aloud in thunder now, it rains for you when I'm calling out, pictures perfect, pumpkins chosen, rather rest in peace than never know when you're coming back. Guessing days, I light the wick so you'll find the way. Lost my life, lost my home, 
waiting for orange, red, and gold. And that's, that poem was about love and loss through the autumn months and waiting for Halloween to come, an irony of itself. This next piece is titled The Death of Lovers, and it is a story in itself. So here it goes. Speak beyond a wretched tree, foul-mouthed into catharsis, forest beds grant rest to ye, lay down in coffins promise, wet-haired fellow and a maiden in rest, they sleep now hand in hand, from scribe and tome, moss is grown from the library of eternal homage, ere this night the pen shall slay, etched on hecatomb, from waters drenched, woods lament, you'll find them in the blooms, the grass, the fields, the creek doth trickle, the sounds of woodland marsh towards the north where stars still float marks the resting spot rainfall i loathed the wind on days were dreary reminded alone of her in spirit silence abound stirred lamented a bastion of my own bereavement ere this howled in dark and calm i tramped her distance as my own a fickle heart under gloomy clouds the birds have sang the morning sound i fought the day i fought the yawn from waters poured on garden lawn her image paced within my mind no spring could drown a lover's cry and perchance i happened to grasp a breath this lover died sentenced to death the current comes on friday's storm sprig and leaf lovers torn uprooted from this watered town a hole was left where thoughts were found and as the breeze moves through mist sway alone to dream a lover's kiss the next one i shall provide to you good dear listeners will be and into the woods were gone. I took to the fragrance of honeysuckles as ember wreaths of smoke on my visage, clasping throat I choked, caught within its cloud, consumed in poison pollens, beating sweat and panted breath, nightfalls dim on owry watchers, filling distant steps without you whilst clinging to this path, Dodging trees from the shades I see who'll be chasing ye thereafter. A nightmare sky star crossed us. I couldn't herald out these words to muster up my legions, to fight with heart for theirs. So I took heed within my mind and devoured with lasting might. I'd give my dying breath to breathe us back to life. I ran from ghosts of shaken trees to reach for you, my darling. Though darkness grows, I sure do know your love now is my calling. The thought of you so far away haunts my chambered rest. Take my hand into the woods, we'll go, striding from endless nothings. And this next poem I have done for you on the open mic, and I will do it again because I... Actually, this is one of my favorite pieces. So um, this is called She Swam in a Sunset of Endless Reeds. Your summer gown, laying on still trees of supple sound, the air's cool breeze of humid heat, carrying through, winding down, peered through leaves, counting features like seasons, her flesh through trees, haunting my own vision, her body on the water, 
gliding, ever softer, skin so wet, glinting sunset's crest. I watch as she paddled onward at this lake. We fill its space. Somewhere along her ridges, her solemn vows commiserate, yearning to see her seductive seas, drowning slow in endless reeds, abate mine eyes and kept so still. I wondered how her ghost became so real. I rushed to a place, alone off trail, nearing the water where memory swam. I cannot face what I have seen. I take to the wind for what I felt at her gleam. On burying ground, I sit surrounded by those we've lost and those yet been found. A mind that is never weathered holds no storm that is blowing over. Seeking shelter, finding comfort in a home of no owners, I falter. Watching her bathe in the water, I ran for a part of me could never witness wonder. And this one I shall do uh, before we take upon questions and such. This one is called Her Waters Drench the Grove. Last rites of a sovereign adorned with a diadem, laying leaves drizzled on casket coffers, sealing in the hammering of quotes, chiseled on the resting head. An epitaph marked a home where eulogy spoke, then Lena lit a vigil on the rise. Candles melt the weeping set, planchettes moving wild. Spirits call where the veil is thinnest. Enchanted knights espouse the sun, crescent lady bathed, betrothed, a dawning light in a guise of malice, statues stand on errant womb, eclipsed the maid with cleansing hands, pushing water toward the stone. Gypsum called upon the countess, scribing talking board to song, clasping heels of vagrant bitch by numeral pleasures counting. With one's hands she takes to gain, her zeros are surrounding. Climactic shades she serenades, her questions are quite taxing. From the lands of grave she obeyed, lunar orbs bitter to their asking. And that is the end of my ten poems, or do I have a couple more to go? Please share two more. Indeed, two. Okay. This is one of my short ones. Hex. Like fire, you went up into the night. Embers trail as comets, hugging the luna. Wood smoke creeps along the sky, sizzling hickory. Crackles and clicks in the center of the campfire mound, glowing souls of wicker bones, the damp nights of December drowned. And the last one before you uh, take upon my um, questions or answers, let's see here, a feast for the ferns. Creeping vines that wrap my arms drag me along the trail. It's pulling me in beyond its hedges. I greet madness as a friend. The old autumn leaves, withered, decayed, grab me toward the mirth. Into the plants I dive face first in the sullen shades of dirt. Break my bones and bend my body. I wriggle, twitch, and lie. The deeper I go, roots to grow, feeding these trees alive. Under I rest below sown seeds. My skin is now a blanket where moss crawls and ferns sluice sprawl. Now I'm nature's banquet. And wow, your work is fantastic, Frog Corpse. Thank you very much. It really, really is. Let me ask this question. Yes, sir. 
you stated in your in your in your biographical sketches you began writing at the age of eight since you've been eight years old. Yes. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Um, I, I learned that poetic. Uh, say that again, one more time, sir. Uh, one more one experience where you learned that poetic language had power. Language. Okay, yes. Poetic yes. language had power. Absolutely for me at seven years old by reading the works of Edgar Allan Poe. And then even before that as a child, as I was five or six, when my mother used to take me to libraries, um uh I would uh my one of my first books that I got into was actually Alvin Schwartz's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So that was actually my first entrance to poetry. And then from that uh, since I was always drowned, uh, drawn to the um, macabre and the dark and, and the weird little nuances of, of imagery and, and, and little things like that, I started getting pulled into like Washington Irving's uh, sketchbook, uh, and specifically with The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and then um, Stephen King, of course, and Richard Bachman books. But my most favorite one was from, uh, the, I think it's 1995's Everything's Eventual. I might be wrong on the year, but I know specifically that the uh, story that uh, got me more into writing, too, not just as poetry, but writing in general, was uh, 1408. Really? Tell me more about that. Um, I think the setting of a mood and the setting of the scene uh even in writing and visually uh, through through film and through reading, um, if you can convey that within your work, then you are able to actually twist someone's imagination to the point that they don't even want to go to, to, to see how the character builds and what type of, what do you want to say, calamities you can put them through to tell a good story. All right. Well, let me ask this question. And this is a very basic question. Yes, sir. What is poetry? What is poetry? That is not a basic question. I think that question would be – that is really not a basic question. I mean, poetry, I mean, if you want to go back to Hesiod and the Greek uh, mythos and actual philosophies, that uh, and him being one of the first um, – self-appointed poets with that given title, you could say that poetry is an outlook and a specification that uh, you look objectively at things or bring them from within with emotion to uh, convey to a, a wider world or impart pieces of your knowledge and the knowledge of the world into your writing. So it's not really, <laughs> it's not really such a simple simple thing uh for that for the answer of that on on the on the merits of poetry because each individual who is a poet or a writer has um a different answer that they would convey to what poetry means to them introspectively or extrovertedly All right, very nice well here's a different twist on that why is it important why is poetry important uh, it's a voice yeah. for the voiceless um you could say that, or um, it can uh, draw and inspire people to do things that they uh, never thought they could, and it can actually push someone to um, be more creative in in their life and to 
I guess you could say, expand upon their mind and their emotions and their feelings or, or their words themselves to use them as artillery to push them back in the faces of their oppressor. Oh, wow, it's very nicely stated, Frog Corpse. Artillery to push them back against their oppressor. Oh, yes. Was, I like that. That's very nice. The pen very is nice. war, my dear man. Yes, the pen can right. be a uh-huh. weapon. Yes it, yes, it can be. Yes, it can be. Now, how does a poem begin for you? With an idea, a form, or an image? Actually, I start with music. And uh, I try to use music that is either ambient or post-rock or um, even Gregorian chant or even forms of classical uh, without um, vocals because as, as, a, as also a musician, as a vocalist, I like to hear music that I can freestyle to to create. So I use that and sometimes with what notes that come out, whatever they sound like in the form of words, if that's easy to explain, uh, I write what it tells me to, and I, and it uh, that is that is a hard one to actually state. Um, it's almost like when you hear music inside the mind, there is a sentence that grows, and that that sentence that grows, it's there, comes from you and goes out into paper, and not necessarily is it your consciousness purveying it, but it is almost like an instinct or a ritual of itself from, from I guess you'd say, the message of the muses that that mm-hmm. convey that. But there's another way that I do it as well is where I take some dreams or daydreams as I'm envisioning them, like film or cinematic plays in the mind, and then I roll them out and convey each poem, try to, try, try to be a, a story in itself, and either take in my emotions or negate those completely and just write a story as it is with each piece. Well, let me ask this question. Where do you go to write? Where do you write? What do you mean, where do I write? Yes. Um, where do you go? Do you have a special setting? Um, no, absolutely not. Um, um, I, I live with friends, so I never really okay. I grew up in a broken home. So uh, for uh, quiet, isolating places for me has always been an issue that I've never had. So I mm-hmm. write in the I write at the best place where I can I can write with what I have, and at the same time I will go on location and write poems too. Like for example, um, I wrote one that's not in this piece, but um, in, in the pieces that I'll read tonight. But there's one I wrote called Chthonic Caller, and I actually wrote that um, back in July when I was down inside of Mammoth Cave. So I wrote that actually observing, taking that all in. And I was like, yeah, this is it. So I've always wanted to do things like that, like where I'm like, man, I wish I could write on Edgar Allan Poe's writing desk, just do one dark piece or go to Salem and sit somewhere under a tree and just get wicked with it, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and just slay. And and that's that's the, that's how I always like to do writing is on location because when you see things, the writing that you're going to put into it as a writer is going to be more important to you, but also it's going to be important in the broad spectrum because you're taking it from a place that you may never return to or never be in, but you get to witness this wonder and this finite time you have of your life. <laughs> 
before you die. And you get to give your art away as a gift to other people to implore upon them if it's good enough that it gets handled and archived throughout history as a legacy. So. Again, very nicely stated. Now, does writing energize or exhaust you? Exhaust me. Utterly. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me. It's a blessing and a curse. It's it's okay. it's it's like have you ever have a light switch that's on but you can't turn off the off button you know and yes. it just keeps rolling yes. and rolling and rolling like for me it keeps me up at night even with like lyrics or, or writing it's like man um, there's always these repetitions of rhythms or prose or free free verse or uh, since I'm I'm, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, like I said before, a film. Uh, it's always some some stature of, of monologue that's running through my head on, a, on a, a thought I can't shut down. And I don't know if that's the lack of because the inability to perform where it's like, dude, I want to get out there and do it. I want to get out there and do it. I need to get out there and do it. But right now we can't because of the whole pandemic or or, you know, or just uh, things like that to where, where you have inabilities to, to perform, but you do it. And so it keeps going and going. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to keep writing. I'm going to keep doing what I do. I'm going to get better and better or worse and worse, depending on what type of uh, voice inside your head or your conscience uh, is there at that time, either either uplifting you or completely tearing you away as you write. And um, through that, you just don't. You continue to write, even even if your if your voice is like you're a piece of trash. Maybe you should kill yourself. You fucking suck. Maybe you need to throw the pen away and your work because no one's ever going to give two fucks about what you do. And <laughs> with that, you got to be like, look, you need to shut the fuck up. We we no, we're we're going to prove ourselves wrong, and <laughs> we're going to write because. Uh, it, it's it's better to write a sack of shit than to never to have write written anything at all. So, wow. so I'd rather now, be uh, I'd rather take initiative. It sounds like it, and you do you do take initiative. So, if you had to think about your body of work, about how many poems or how many songs have you written? Uh, I mean, poem count now, thanks to Ron Whitehead, went from seventeen uh, poems to like. 400 and something with his support and and my good friend Miss Jenbug her support as well so I've got like 400 poems right now and song wise I'd say I've done 25 but none of them are non-existent anymore Um, because when I was younger I took everything that I I did um, even poetry I regret I, I should have probably kept for for you know, nostalgic purposes. Like, like when I was eight, when we were talking about that, I did a, um, um, I did a convention at Coronado Springs for the International Society of Poets, um, and I ended up writing with a Pulitzer Prize poet W. D. Snodgrass while he was living, and uh, I ended up throwing that away. We uh, had two poems. I think he took one, and I took one, and one was written on like a steno pad notebook style paper, and then the other one was written on a napkin. And when I started okay. getting better, or at least I thought I was getting better with my work, something inside of me said, hey, I don't want anybody to know how I went from suck to good, so I'm going to take all of this, and I'm just going to like throw it in the garbage. And I literally did that. So the 17 I had was literally the ones where I'm like, I think these are good. And then 
when I met Ron back in 2014, he's like, you should probably write more, dude. You're, 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 you're killing it. So I was like, oh, okay. But that self-doubt there is like, he sucked. Maybe he's just fucking pulling your chain. I don't know. So, right. so I was like, well, fuck it. We're going to, we're going to do that and, 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 and run with it and keep writing. And now, now I'm, like I said, now I'm up to 400 and I'm never going to stop until I drop. Right. Well, let's take a brief break and we'll be right back. Well, you know, on another note, they state that 
to see the world with complete honesty, one should mm-hmm. look to comedians, artists, and poets. What do you think emerges naturally from your work? Who is Frog Corpse? Uh, an unstoppable force of nature. Um, an probably one of the. Yes. Um, I'm completely um, wild, but calm and nice, I guess. I've never really liked to look within myself and say who I am and let others make make their judgments because I've never really cared for the opinions of who I am to others because I'm, I've always been hardcore in, in, in chasing dreams um, and never backing down from them. Even if they seem out of reach or out of bounds, uh, I will go, like I said, go to the distance and I will go to the death fighting for them. Well, that that's a very strong statement, and I think it's important to be that way, to never back down from what you want to achieve. That's really, never. really important. Yes. It's really, really important. Well, what I'd like to do is to turn the show over to you again to share some of your okay. work. All right. Thank you very much. All right, listeners, this next one's about drinking foxglove. This one's called Dead Man's Bells. Oh, Juliet, how in the wheat you wept, following where I walked, to the depths we nearly slipped, parting eyes in mist, sown below the seeds. Should you wake me then from a coma-colored dream, I will need you all the more. A setting sun shall come, a word or two in your arms will place me where thou art. A purple room in a river swale, a stone so large, standing sable, bears the weight, chaining mine, holding down from moving on. In death, I once counted peace of what remains and what it meant to me. Oh, your voice, how calming so it seems, calling me home back to you to end the journeying. This next one is called Earth Eater. I whispered in her heart to breathe a little life. No words sparked a fire. She was dead already by this time. I built a bonfire in the backyard and wrote a letter to my love in hopes the ink would burst to blood so she'd rise up from the smudge. At the tuft of the tree, I placed the message there. I let the mirth eat the gift so she can read while she's down there. We're alone in our travels. They say we'll meet in the end. My loneliness got the best of me, so I tapped on her coffin lid. Descend, descend, loathe the waiting. I would follow her right in to where that tunnel travels. For her, I'd walk to hell and back again. This next one is titled Fighting Fairies with Fireflies. My darkest times bore the loneliest of eyes. O fairy, lure me away. Your hair still smells of deep blue bells in the circle where the pixies played. And in your scent with mischievous grin, I follow wings to the hemlock grove. I swallow my woes with the cup that you own during its loja and leaves as my tomb. This next one is entitled Dementia and Heartstring. I will never be more than I am. Living in the untainable race of happiness, chasing down the American dream in denial. I will never found 
out what hard work entails, nor discover its rewards earned. I will always dream, with no real means to achieve it. I will gaze into the night, thinking of forests, moving through the woods of my mind, carving out a little spot to hide from reality. I found love, stretched beyond a place where I cannot touch feet. I fight for a future that was never free, remembering the past while forgetting the times, seeking my once, missing everything. Dementia and heartstring, plucking its tune to resonant sound, reverberations from the wishing well, no coins to throw now, as all of the others I have are tossed. Glimmering back shine the coins from the hole, an opus of sound bouncing off of the stones, a wish for a want, but what would I know, screaming to the bottom, a song to the soil. I raised a white flag and a truce for peace, talking to ghosts of empty dreams in an empty room with an empty pause in an empty place, just me and my thoughts. Does this feeling felt feel both ways? Does an echo expand in telemetry? Wishing an end to live again on lonely nights where no one sits for a second chance, for a second breath, for a second life, for a second wish to travel beyond my means. I dream, I dream, I dream to fill this well. This next one is entitled Bathory and Bloodshed. Imprisoned in a bastion, overlooking storm, a hand of shaking malice, scratching at brick and board, kissing crimson consorts, dripping her garden nectar, vilified waking moans, sounding from her bathtub, her gilded cunt found comfort, and dawn's houses made of strife, presided by desperation to fill a damning devil's plight, orgasmic pearls pull tongue, leaking out crystal moons, a mother of abomination, breaking in her witch's womb, in a house carved of usher, she sat on bones of broken masters, coveting bathory screams that pleasure brings, bleeding out in her final laughter. At the window she weeps, gripping rosary, disparaged as the one who watched. As the Lord ran deep, she was sure to reach her fucking by the wooden cross. With splinters she moaned of Augustine moats while pulling nails from her happy spot. The closer she came, the heavens rang, opening her gates as her choir called. This next one is entitled Messe Noir, the Sister Summon. Sweet dreams, land of spiders, one oak crow, mouth of pliers, take back bones, seesaw fire, thread the hair, moving mire, forage meadow, nude we haunt, broken twig betwixt the spawn, laughing shroud, sunlight dials, crystal cheeks, broken smile. Right in mass, engulfed in black, thrashings come, fifty lash, Sabbath psalm, quench the king, cut the lamb, raise the beast, form a circle, drip the snail, crush the teeth, then the shell, salt the wound, mix in mouth, bind the mirror, and from this ground, dig a hole, lift the skull, take the legs, cusp the bull. Reach the arms, pull them up, a drop of blood and wicked tongue, shriek to sky, howl at moon, Salem's gone, our coven grew, dance in flight, murmur song, balmy tides from fragrant swamp, gravers dug, unhallowed tomb, 
We pull our sister with oxen hooves, dressed with scales, decomposed. She walks again in frock and robes, avaunt this night, trod wisp in orbs. She takes her place on western points. That was about a cousin who brought their dead sister back from the grave to summon the points. All right, this next one is called The Graveyard Shift. Here I am again, speaking all this shit, climbing down a ladder into a hole I dig, shovel over shoulder, dirt we're throwing over, deeper still I go, to a place that's getting colder, lay a pallet down, carve a spot where we found, roots are inching in on this coffin in the ground, rest my eyes inside, this mirth on now I lie, close this lid this time, and nail me down inside, throw the earth on me, slumber my eyes recede, this hole a square of peace, bearing what I need, send flowers down to me, watch it rot like dreams, the place refused to see, Covered while I sleep. This next one is entitled Tonight's My Shadow. The gloom. Too long to consume. I swallow the shadow as razor cadavers envelop my mood. Lost in sleep. Awake but dreaming. Within I taste the stars and my coloring lens, the madness it swings, rope steady choke till I hold, hang till I'm ready to forget the forgetting and stop all the breathing, passing the weekends, blotting the seasons, muting the wanting, drowning the reason, the writhing and writhing. The vessels and splitting, eyes that will close, remain unrelenting, count with my spine, tethered dimensions, an old wicker road, burning with bridges, a cask in my coffin, my fable lamented, my ghost in the grave, a toast to the cynic, an undeniable dream, racing laps in a relay, a film of life, stuck on replay, a melancholy hymn, whiskey and rum scented gestures, the vicissitude of longing, remorse born from the fallow, yesterday's tomorrow. Tonight's my shadow. Black Horse, the Garden Song. Eyes to vanquish a loving light, leer at the seeds of darkness, broken and clamored in dusty hands, planted in the palms of iris. Damn ye devils of twisted groves, tugging at the mountains of madness, a lonely fool clinging ever to dreams that sow in silence, a place most foul where the soil is frail, rooted deep down memory lane, where wilted petals of sun-dried cries wither for tomorrow's rain, O oh, muddy tracks of sordid past, harvest fields of yesterdays, on clay ground gray earth is faulted yielding to decay, and with its blight bearing barren pastures, its dirt awash in flame, to till its land by the hooves that led famine in the horseman's name. Do I have enough time for another before you ask another series of questions, my good doctor? Uh, yes, 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 please, please recite another. <laughs> okay. This one's entitled Somnium Mortum. We stretch in the dawn's eerie light, the morning birds chiming their sound. 
Inscribing names on pale sheets of slate, moving sandstone on this softened mound. Outside of window, a sermon first cries out as an engine rumbles. The creeping soil of whistling woods hauled to hell by hearse. The room, it quakes, now it's lifting up, parading holes under hoisted banners, hitting rollers, revving up to the preacher's final prayer. Lay me down inside. Close the door behind, say a final word, take the wheel and drive. One last ride into the gates, I died. No one likes a crier. When the hearse comes by, keep waving by, throwing on your funeral flowers. Weep in eyes, dry your eyes. No one likes a mourning liar. At the palling of a fallen poet, outpouring on a stygian liar. Play me down where I can hear the earth. Rolling over in my grave, waking is the worst. From the tapping of the spade, running dirt upon my grave. Make your speech and state your peace. I shan't hear it either way. You will fit wish for heaven, as I chose this ride to hell. I'd rather rest in a house that I know than serve in a fairy tale. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> give, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, this this kind of gets like weird. It's like, I mean, honestly, like when I was when I was when I was young. I mean, I remember even looking up at my parents when I was younger. I don't know if that was the whole broken home system of like my mom being on drugs and my dad not like ever paying attention to me. That type of a type of same old cliche clinical psychology type of type of trope. Um, I don't know if it was that, but I remember looking up at them at, even at like four years old. And I remember like even still going like, I don't want to be here. Like I never wanted to be on this earth. Why the fuck did you guys do this to me? <laughs> like so from then on out, like so from then on out, like as I grew, like, like, I started getting bullied by kids, man, and, like, in, in elementary school, like, those kids followed me to, like, middle school and high school, and they bashed me so hard that, like, the only way I could get out, I thought, was to, like, get into a band and be something, so that's where I started my dream chase of, like, entertainment and actually wanting to be, like, a industry-made person, so, like, the only way I, my dumbass could figure out how to get out was... um is to set my chemistry lab on fire and get sent to boot camp. So, okay. So, so, so yeah. In between that, I wrote poetry. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess so. Like in the hindsight, looking back, I knew. I guess you could say, yeah. I I kind of know that I'm meant for something. Exactly what it is, mm-hmm. I don't know, but. Uh, hopefully it's just the aim to inspire somebody else to pick up and do something with their lives and, and chase That's their great dreams aim. without, uh, and, and, you know, yeah, without, I guess you could say, chase their dreams without them um, being sewed into bondage. Mm, interesting. You know, your poems, as I listen to them, they have amazingly detailed titles in my mind. What role oh, that's great. Title play for? What role should a title play for a poem? Uh, a hard one because I feel like all my titles suck, and that's the worst <laughs> thing. Like, 
Like, like seriously, like me, me and my girlfriend even talked about that, Danny. Um, and we, we were like, God, our, our fucking, our titles suck. How are we gonna do this? So I don't know what to think. What do you think? I don't know. Okay, well, maybe we'll take a second to last line and throw it as the, throw it as the title. Fuck it, and then like <laughs> we'll go back to it later, or or be like, I, I give up. Like I don't know what to do. But I feel like yeah, um, your 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 title should at least be, um slightly um have i guess you could say the components of the poem itself to where it draws a reader in because it's just like the cover of a book you want 80 percent of your um, visual stimulation from the purchase of your your book to be something that stands out so your poem your poem your poetry your spoken word or any any type of uh um, art that you create that has a title to it should also stand out. Or even if you like to play with people in a in a counterculture type of way, you can even have it be slightly misleading to the actual poem itself. You know, all poets have several words that come up over and over and over again in their work. Words or sentences that they just can't help but use. What are three of your absolute favorite words to use? Um, as I'm reading, I never really took note of that, but I'm seeing coughing a lot, and uh, um, I think it's more for me. It's not necessarily words that I get stuck using, even though some of them are in repetition. I don't really focus on that. What I would focus mm-hmm. on, actually, solely, Doctor, is the theme. What type of mood am I trying to convey, and what do I want you to feel? Do I want you to feel... Well, in, in this certain case, when I write, I want you to feel depressed, morose, or disdain with bursts of like, damn, this is eloquent, or um, uh, this is very vivid. I can see this. Um, I, I want you to basically smell the paper that it came from, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or, or it, uh, as you would say, like the actual, say if I'm writing about woods and talking about oak and trees, I really, when you read it, I would want my reader or listener to actually smell the husk. Mm. You know, it's funny. Writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily to speak a message to their audience. Others write mm-hmm. because to stay silent is not an option. Why do you write? Oh, damn. I actually have a message for that because I've been thinking about that for the past months that you've wrote another, uh, asked another writer before in our open mic about. So I'm going to read you this because this is my answer to that question. All right, sir. The The underdog, destitute dreamer in the heart of hell. Lately, I've been asking myself, why do I write? I don't even know what the point is anymore, nor do I have a proper answer to that question. Is my writing ritual? Is it from a place of pure lunacy? Am I trying to summon entities through ink? Am I still attempting to make one sentence so powerful it rips the fabric of time, destroying reality as we know it? Maybe it's necromancy through catharsis. Maybe I write to save my life. Maybe I use writing as another monotonous tool to keep me from taking my own life. Maybe, just maybe, I write because I'm sick of the horrible penmanship of those who deem themselves as writers and poets being subjected to witnessing publishers publish trash content. Maybe I write to give the opportunistic entitled Cretans of Kentucky a run for their money while being a high school dropout. 
maybe I write because most people currently can come off as so self-centered that I feel like I have to plainly make letters typographically to get simplest, simplistic imbeciles to open their eyes and take a step back from their narcissistic tendencies of their convoluted lives. Maybe I write to pull heads out of asses and to put in check the ego-driven citizens of America. Maybe I write to leave some form of art to be tucked away amongst all the bullshit people toss around in their disregards of human lives and situational awareness. One thing I do know of myself is that I put my all in all what I do, regardless of the content or subject. Most of half the half work I see that people put out half the time with half the effort shows. I can see artists who haven't really put their all in the work they do. You can tell when an artist makes a product just to make an income versus the art they produce for the love of it. When an artist has given up, it seems harder for them to be inspired by something altogether. Maybe I write so I can speak out against bullshit. Maybe I write to redefine the rules of a system I never wanted to be a part of. Maybe I write to dismantle social circles and throw a wrench into a person's mood, adding more misanthropy to a world that thrives on the deconstruction of everything around it. Maybe I write to be the very thing someone hates to see. Maybe I write to be that face of disdain one will hear when they see me walking through that door. I pen for the warfare on society. I type because I can and nothing more. To be a writer, you have to get paid for it. To me, I just write. One of my best friends, Miss Jimbug, told me, maybe you write because you have to. Some of us do. Yeah, I think I'll go with that. Incredible. Has that been published? Hmm? Has that been published? No, I just wrote that last month when I was pondering on your question, sir. <laughs> well, that was <laughs> a phenomenal piece of work. A phenomenal piece of work. Let's take a brief break and we'll be right back. Yes, sir. back. I am here with Frog Corpse. Frog, I'll turn it over to you. All right. Twelve Gates Ablaze, The Sacking of Heaven by Frog Corpse. Farewell to rest in which you sleep, for worlds await in the land of dreams, for every chance I've wished to die, for love, for life, and for love inside, while death exclaimed, toward hell we ride, towards harrowing depths of hell we dived, of brimstone lake, oh fires derived, oh ceilings rifts scorch heaven's alight, towers raised on halted ground, six wings burned in angelic cry, that trumpet sounds from broken sky, seraphim gathered, doomed to dine, Feast with father, thou art in hell. As off sipped, phlegethon trail, a kinder son with sturm undrang, born from light as Dagon held, our season missed in error's harm. Dynasty swept by dragon call, lift the dead, bare to arms, 
tearing down dear heaven's wall in blissful sleep. I miss not a wink. I sleep the sleep of blissful dreams. I wake from slumber to nightmares bring realities placed in front of me. Halloween is dead. There are no decorations when I look out and see a neighborhood too plain, communities withering, trees, leaves die too quick, too long to wait and fold, a canopy of sky, my mind it ebbs and flows, the houses all line up, chip paint, bark and beast, hidden beyond a fence, canines howl with grief, boredom is not a frame of mind, but a picture of outer truth, no one on the streets, the pavement painted gloom. Friends and families torn apart, ends and lies within. That's the truth in the words for the titles that you give. You used to use and used in the current and past tense. Your Halloween costume is the face you shower with. Tires screech here and loud, just from down the lane. How I waited for Halloween, but it's just like every day. No squash, no lanterns, stickers or bones, no spider webs or streamers, plastic spiders and tombstones, a community dies in disbelievers. We tried and tried too hard to hold a vigil to the flame. Every door and window closed, this neighborhood decays. <clears throat> this next one is entitled The Nihilist in Number Four. I used to have an old apartment last year and wrote that because I couldn't get any sleep. And, uh, yeah, well, you'll see. <laughs> the nihilist in number four. I stare at the wall, counting down time as morning birds sing. If I could catch them, they'd sing songs no more. Silent as my soul inside my roaring brain. Words ignite the pain. I fight depression with sirens in the distance. Through clear and present danger, all I can think is life is a fucking emergency. The birds shriek sonics to the morning sun, and as I reminisce, this, that maddening noise climbs ever higher, deafening the hums of planes, blasting out the signs, sounds of cars on the highway. I yawn while gripping the chair, peeling paint with my eyelids, sitting in a circle of flame. Trying to inhale the black smoke of my dream With eyes watered, I wait for the roof to cave in Imagining beams breaking my neck Screaming, take me, take me, take me now For fuck's sake, the noise migrates like geese And like geese, this noise is a bastard And in my mental maelstrom, I inhale the vapor Exhale while scratching my head in a little dark room with light casting from a small window. And every time I gaze at that sill, I'm bombarded by sound. How many more breaths must I take before my heart gives in? Can this plane just crash into this fucking ground? This bird's song of peace is a chirp for warfare. <laughs> All right, this next one's entitled... Ghosts, parts one and two. Lights of shame, flowing progression, and heart and empty skin. Streets paved wet, etched in sickle, yellow light cast down on fence. Sitting wet, clutching footprints, hooded figure gutters fall. Rain trembles in the linen, a soldier of eye, the raven's call. And the cracks, the puddle lances, every drop hits errant pulse. Treescapes in my message. But when I lay boulders form, 
taste timid, unrelenting, where we speak dead words form. Vision, vision blurred by the sunsets, moving comets part the yard, rage built in confessions, breathing me in a graven fog, landscapes filled in smokestacks, a city of glass throw rock, what was vague but once distant, the air's current carries me along. Part 2. Fear's trepidation, cold gaze walk as one, a will turn to fury, eyes descent turn on soil. Arms wrapped and blurring, the vision clings in toil. Tragic are the footsteps, standing still as they're grown. Keep in mind to remember, dark days linger still. Ice crushed in, unrelenting, too many words within my ears. The storm vague, but once distant, the shower's descent into view. The silence of our echo, howling aggression, deceiving stars. Spilt for these pages, revelations too quick to come. An act of rage written with dead letters, pen and ink, the weapon scar. This next one is entitled Sleepless, and it is an acrostic. And I will tell you the acrostic afterwards, but here it goes. In haunted sight, negated cries, tearing away the thinnest light, hell has opened, eclipsed and shapeless, drowning out every corner, a restless woe, rolling over, killing slow, knifeful slumber, evening's kiss, shooting stars, stretching limbs, birchment bark, lost and hollowed inside these walls, nocturnal windows, knocking on, I shouldn't have stayed, stayed indoors, nightfall comes, gloom engulfs. Gloom engulfs, nightfall comes, I shouldn't have stayed, stayed indoors, knocking on nocturnal windows inside these walls, lost and hollowed, birch bent bark, stretching limbs, shooting stars, evening's kiss, nightfall slumber, killing slow, rolling over, a restless woe, drowning out every corner, eclipsed and shapeless, hell is opened, tearing away the thinnest light, negated cries, and haunted sight, the acrostic for that is, in the darkness blinking. This next one is entitled, Throwing Caution to the Wind. I threw prudence to the wind, laughing as she sneered. Twilight blossoms bend, waving to her cheers. Beyond the sky she flew, expanding wings that burst, her feathers tried and true, hauled down to earth by hearse, cracking amongst the ground, her figure smacking so, her larking on the mound, her skin wagered for flowers' growth. Such a sight stood paused, when the horses scout town, crashing at the crosswalk as her corpse flung into crowd. Watchers winced and screamed. Some pointed and began to laugh. These events clung to mind were one witness to Reaper's task. Pull the lawn, remove the soil, roll back the sod when done. A grave for one is now more fun when it's a party we're piling on. This next one and will be coming out in the next couple of weeks through Cajun Mud Press as well. This one's called Tombstone Run. Sitting on a misted street with frigid wind and soaking leaves, the years I've roamed, the nights I've played, hide and seek in shallow graves. The years draw on this chilling calm where all is dead and no one's home. With pumpkins lit, will these wicks still hold to keep us from the frozen ghosts? Are we safe and sound, tucked in at home? On a night all souls conjure theirs. We'll see to the mischief while we make our own, as I think of the place for the resting bones.
next one is called Devil's Night. With letters we speak, I move the mountain, so silent you stare. My words are unbounded, hope in the box, see what and derives there. Horror by hand, from the figure that bites it, unlocking the ghouls under the halls of the convent, awaken the floor with the touch of a thumbprint, lighting the candle, lay open the page, summon the shadow, blood opens a gate. Placing the figure in the center of circles, glyphs of the wisp ignite our four corners, raised from the ground, furled as a sprite, black in the room, sleep with the flies. This next one is entitled Ghost Street. Who would seem to ignore clarity in my absence now? White glow summoning, my own intuitions, reaching hands touch the wall. The vastness we seek, in the same rooms we think, we only want you when we want. Conviction splintered, giving judgment, an arrow shot in the dark. Memories of recollecting, heed the shot, pierce the mark. The thinning veil of perception, left alone until we're called. A ghost stands under streetlight, teetering porch, hear the knock. Move with purpose, hesitation, regret is coming back for you. Your silence turned into a roar. Can you face what's lurking at the door? Mistake me for an entity, forgotten visage of your neglect of idolatry, chasing you, chasing dawn. The thinning comes, the veil is drawn, systemic. You drain us to the core, wasted years. Always wanting more. No turning back from silence to a war. Keep pretending there's no one knocking on your door. Close your ears when the ghost starts to speak. Are you afraid the truth it will bring? This next one is entitled Imaginary Friends, which is also going to be featured by James Tennis Casey the Fourth from Cajun Mud Press. Imaginary friends, I will tell you in the dark that my family now is dead and gone. No more home, no more wrong, no more place to keep running from. Now I've found in my head all my friends come out to play. Without eyes, without face, I let them dance. I watch them rave as orbs shine on their crooked spines. Decomposed, they twitch and smile. Ebon skin, great and peeled, shedding all with every spin. In their silence, losing dress, they breathe so softly on nape of neck. The spirit doors. Silver streaks of a reflective stream, mirrors always talking. The shadow stares, it moves in there. When you're slowly watching, turn your eyes, it moves in plight. In a hasty glance, as you sleep, it soon will creep. The spirit door and wafting, bind, bind from corner and frame. Close this lake of glass. To keep them out is to keep them in. Eons of Rome since parting. Okay. This, this next one will be entitled As Baron Barge Brings Disaster Despondent A message of content Washing rays of sun over cityscape Where life's on the side unresponsive Bonded to the mountain 
choking from the fountain, a gutter of tears swept the streets with the same dead eyes in common, lapsed in the leering, clutched to the steering, the veering, the rear end, the side swipe, the weekend, the red light, the green light, the sweating, the blinking, the forward, the backward, and the motions they reel in, oh, how your black clouds hang low, drenching the day as night and dawn blur faster. No house can hold these tawny thoughts, mustering hate from the burden's place, wearing the face of defeat in life's chapter. It's okay to be afraid of the things you don't understand. We're all lost at the cause of flaw from the air of human hands. Oh, where did you go? Pardon me, must take a drink real quick. All right. Yes. This next one is titled, The Song Worth Saying. Chaotically, my mind sometimes follows me beyond the lines of highway signs and mortal life's atrocities, speaking, not acknowledging, past worth honoring, a blight to sorrowed times and my conscience still slowly following mere existence, this repetition, a value lost all to life whom failed to see worth mention. Tell me, whose truths would you consume most daily? Love unbound from the garden groves or a hell that's still worth tasting? These shallow years, they manifest in a death of a wish most wanting. If one can't make music or live for art, then the shadow's still worth claiming. Pointed out in the points we're painting, gray hues of gloom, morose, obtuse, for a picture made worth hanging. I spy the color tides, changing autumn shape shift, uncertainty that serpents sleep under red and black frosted leaves, withering willow woeingly wrestles summer sting. Further we rush into winter now, watching dying trees ride along tail-tinted lights and the rifts of music made. I'd sell my soul for none I own to sing a song worth saying. Do I have enough time to read more, dear doctor? One more. Okay. Let's see here. All right. We're going to do a patriot for the pointless. All right. We think too little and feel too... Or we... Belay my last. Let me restart again. A patriot for the pointless. We think too much and feel too little. Engineering eras built toward indifference. Lying to ourselves, living in a fast-paced world, emptying pockets to even the odds, thriving on slow patience, opting for prejudice rather than compassion. Under an American sky, we are driven by greed. Respect is only given to the highest bidder. Selfishness is rewarded as caring costs. Even in these times, we deny humanity a voice. Living in the moment, we scroll past memories, venerating valuables rather than character, encroaching borders while locking doors separating views while dividing values, deepening debt to profit from poverty, oppression governs by the red, white, and blue, warring for minerals and battling for bullion, neglecting the opportunity to grow, drop our programs, raise our taxes, overlook liberties and underhanded deals, narrow our laws while narrowing our minds, telling tall tales and short sentences. We carry big dreams and carry small wallets. Election day is near. This acrostic says we let ourselves down, don't we? 
Rockholtz. Yes, sir. Your work is really moving, extremely powerful. It did draw me in. I could could envision what you were sharing, and that's half the battle. Thank you very much, good doctor. It's great. All one can aim to do is try and attempt. <laughs> well, I'm sure that when people hear your work, they want more. What's next for you as a poet? I have no clue. I have no clue, Doctor. Isn't that the beauty of the world? I have absolutely no idea what's next for me. Honestly, no idea. Right now I've got a book that I'm working on poetry-wise with my great friend from Sevastopol, Ukraine, named Vitaly Ilyin, who also goes by the name of Baron Dash Karandashish over there, uh, doing art for me. But right now we're playing the playing the back and forth of you know him him drawing and me getting the currency to you know pay him for his honorable work because even though as he's a friend I do like to help him as well with what little oh, I can so yeah so yes. that's that's the only thing uh, that's that's left for me and with the pandemic who knows maybe next year I can get on stage and grab a mic or whatever but honestly the road ends here doc i don't know where it goes from here except for just to exist you're a very wise man frog corpse and i'm so glad that you were a guest on my show tonight uh thank you made my week you made my week so i'd like to say thank you again for being here and you're invited to come back whenever you like thank Thank you very much for the opportunity. I highly respect you, Doctor, and thank you for for this chance to read my poetry. Oh, I appreciate that, Frog Corpse. Well, good night to you, and good night to our listening audience. Until next time, take care. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.